You're listening to a live recording from Westside Church in Bend, Oregon. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, church. Happy Sunday. It is great to have you here. Uh, if you're online, welcome from wherever you are. Glad you're joining us. Uh, and this is a special Sunday. We are kicking off a bunch of things we've been preparing uh, really for a year to launch in uh, this fall. And this weekend is kind of kickoff weekend. In the middle of 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic and all of the initial craziness we were living in, the leadership at Westside gathered to pray and seek the Lord on what was happening in this time and what he had for us in the season ahead. And one of the things that bubbled up in that time of prayer and seeking the Lord and discussing is this opportunity to press into community, relationship building within the church, which is a bit ironic considering at that moment we were living in the most isolated, uh, separated time. The idea that God would say press into community in that moment seemed a bit ironic, uh, but of course God does ironic things often, right? Uh, that's how he tends to work. And, uh, and we began to sow into that in preparation by reaching out to leaders in the church and training new leaders for leadership uh, and growth and how we build relationship in the church. And all of that is culminating in the launch this weekend, uh, which is really exciting. At the end of the 10 o'clock, gathering, we're going to bring our new leaders up on stage and pray for them as a church. So if that matters to you and you, you care about that in particular, go grab some coffee or a quick brunch and come back and join us for prayer as we pray over our, our leaders. Um, it's going to be a special time. And I don't know that there could be a more important time for this to happen in this moment that we're living in. Uh, each week, I'm sure you'll agree, uh, seems to stir up more discontent and division, both inside and outside of the church. No new ideas here. We're all hearing about this all the time. And here is, uh, I think, a challenge for us, something that as I was preparing this, this word really um, was compelled in my heart as I prayed into this. Um, there are a lot of reasons these things are happening right now. We could unpack lots of them. But fundamentally, I believe the reason this is going on inside of the church is because we have lost our focus on the first things. What the Apostle Paul would say, abandoning our first love. And this doesn't mean that the things we're, we're arguing about and that are going on in politics and culture aren't important. I'm not saying that. They are important. But they are not first things. You can say amen anytime. <laughs> when that caffeine kicks in, feel free. They are not the first things, church. They are not our first love. They are not the things that lead us as the people of God. Not politics, not culture, not economics. It does not lead us as a people. Jesus is the king and he leads us as a people. And when we lose our focus, we will turn to other things, chase other things, uh, consume everything else to feed that place of kingship in our life when we allow something else to take the place of Jesus. And Paul says that is abandoning our first love. Our first love has not left us. We have lost our focus from our first love. And so 
today, church, um, I used to do this thing with my little girls. I have three girls. I can't call them little anymore. My oldest leaves for college in 10 days. 10 days, uh, and she's going to school in Wales. Um, all kinds of things going on inside of me uh, with this, uh, this season of life. Um, but I used to do this thing with my girls when I'd be talking to them and they were little and they're running around the house. Parents, you know how this is. And I'm trying to tell them about something or give them an important message and they're completely distracted. And what I used to do is say, come here. And I would hold their little chubby cheeks in my hands and I'd look them in the eye and I'd say, babe, this is what I need you to do right now. And church, as we were singing this worship song, that vision uh, is what came into my heart for us. That Jesus right now, church, is holding us by our little chubby cheeks and saying, I need you to listen to me. I need you to be with me. So let's today, this morning, let's refocus ourselves on the work of Jesus. That will inform and instruct everything else we try to accomplish, first things first. Uh, would you turn with me to John chapter one, if you have your Bibles. Uh, of course, it'll be on the screen as well. John chapter one, verse 43 to 50. It says this, verse 43, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, did you hear that? Finding Philip, Jesus said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, uh, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael, did you hear that? Jesus found Philip, Philip found Daniel and told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel responds, awesome, let's go. No, sorry. Nathaniel responds, Nazareth? Are you joking? Can anything good come from there? And Philip says this, if you have a highlighter or a marker or notes, would you write this down, highlight it, circle it, exclamation point. Philip says to his brother, who is skeptical about Jesus and what is happening, he says, come and see, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. That was, he was very convinced. That didn't take very long. Verse 50, Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You'll see greater things than that. He then added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is God's word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, um, we come to you as Father, as King this morning and ask that you would lead us, your people, 
and that nothing else would distract us, God. Nothing else would pull our heart or attention or energy away from you this morning and what you wanna do in this community for the restoration of the world. Would our hearts be open to that? Come Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. I think a lot about God's strategy in this moment of changing the world. It's endlessly fascinating to me. Um, if, if you were creating a movement to change the world, um, you could do that in a lot of ways. Big budget, media, uh, leadership training. There are so many strategies and endless books and YouTubes that you could watch and learn on how to launch a movement. But watch what Jesus does. It's so counterintuitive. It starts in the small piece of scripture, it starts with an invitation that Jesus invites people. It says he goes and finds them. I challenge you to find another faith tradition in all of humanity that God searches for you, that God pursues you, that God finds you. In every other tradition, it is an ascension of man to try to reach the divine through enlightenment and discipline and behavior change. And here, God is in pursuit of you, of Philip, of his people. It's amazing. And he not only is inviting these people, he's inviting the most unqualified people possible. All of these young men that he goes and finds as his disciples would have been considered low class, uneducated, and even incapable of anything outside of fishing. Jesus goes to them and he sees them and he says, follow me. He invites them into the work. And then watch what happens. He goes to Philip and he says, follow me. And Philip, compelled by Jesus, goes and finds his friend, goes and finds Nathaniel. He says, I found the key. Look what I found. Come with us. And Nathaniel responds with skepticism. And I want to tell you guys, we are living in a time of increased and... Uh, incredible skepticism in the church and out of the church, about the church, around the church, you name it. And we can try to argue and debate and have apologetics courses and all kinds of things to win people over and persuade them. But I think we could lean into what Philip does here and he invites his friend and says, come and see. As we talk about community in the church, friends, all I'm asking is that you would know a few people and say, come and see what Jesus is doing. Come and see who Jesus is in your life, in our church body, in our city. It's an invitation, come and see. And this, you guys, is the game plan to change the world. There isn't another game plan. It's never not been the game plan of God to change the world. It is inviting us, finding us, inviting us, compelling us, and we go and say, come and see to our brothers and neighbors and friends. Come and see. This is it. 
But where we are now is a far cry in the church from, from this strategy. As all of you know, statistics are overwhelming that people are leaving in droves, leaving the church in droves. Mainline churches, the last statistics I was able to find were from 2018, pre-pandemic, 1,000 people a week leaving the church, 1,000 people a week. This never happened before. This way of doing things, we've always done it. It's shifting and it's changing. There was a New York Times article in July and uh, it was titled, Facebook's Next Target, The Religious Experience. And here's what it says. Now, after the coronavirus pandemic pushed religious groups to explore new ways to operate, Facebook sees even greater strategic opportunity to draw highly engaged users into its platform. The company aims to become the virtual home for religious community and wants mosques, churches, mosques, synagogues, and others to embed their religious life into its platform. From hosting worship services and socializing more casually to soliciting money, it's developing new products, including audio and prayer sharing, aimed at faith groups. This, this, that part of the sentence always like, gives me chills uh, to embed their religious life into its platform. <laughs> it's kind of terrifying. So the church as we know it is shifting and shrinking and moving and these new platforms and, and opportunities are opening up and it's very strategic. People are moving in that direction. Others ask, is church just gonna be an outreach thing? Like it's just a religious red cross? Is that all we are? We just feed the poor and do the things and that's, we're just a service now? And you guys, I would say all of these things are probably the future of the church in parts. What we're doing here, what happens in media, what happens in outreach, it's all of where we're going. So yes, to all of it. What is not going to be the future of the church is the McDonald's way of living that the church has been in for generations. The McDonald's way of giving cheap, easy, convenient, can't even call it food sometimes, and we'll throw in a toy for extra, extra benefit. The McDonaldization of the church is disappearing fastly. Thank you, Jesus. That's a good thing for us. It cannot be this convenience-oriented, what's good for my schedule, what's entertaining to me. Is that speaker, is he, is he funny, slightly inspiring? That cannot be the standard for the church going forward. It will disappear. But I will tell you this, friends, people are hungry for Jesus. They are hungry for Jesus. They're a bit fed up with some of the church. They are hungry for Jesus. And I experienced this firsthand. Before coming to, to Bend, I was a pastor in San Francisco for seven years. And uh, I had been told about San Francisco, the city of San Francisco, that it was a godless place. It was full of people who hated the church, uh, hated religion, lived in debauchery all of the time, and had, there was no place for the church there. And in fact, statistically, some of that was true. 
so many organizations and groups had tried to plant churches in San Francisco and none of them lasted more than three years. You name it, pick your, your celebrity pastor and their network, they've tried it, didn't last more than three years. So when I was uh, approached with an opportunity to pastor in this city, I had a lot of fear and a lot of skepticism. It was gonna mean moving my young children out of the suburbs and good school systems into the city of San Francisco, the place that has been described as a war zone to me. People have talked about going to the front lines, like you're gonna die, basically, is what they're saying. You're gonna die, but go ahead, soldier. This is all of what I expected going in, and, and we were scared. My wife and I were scared, no question about it. But we prayed, we sat at our dining table and we prayed and said, God, if this is where you would send us, if this is what you are doing, then we, we will go. We'll be obedient, we will go. And I remember this, you guys, uh, like it was yesterday, sitting at our dining table and both my, my wife, Noel, and I get this word from the Lord. He said, I want you to go all in. I want you to go all in. And it was this picture of being at the poker table and all the chips move to the center of the table. You don't have anything held back and this is it. It's, it's win or bust. <laughs> Those are the two options. And so we, we moved. And we went to the city and we started a community group at this small little church plant, just a few people. Um, we started a community group, and you guys, this was as inconvenient as possible. Every night we would put our kids in PJs and load them in the car to get to group at 7 p.m., and every single night, I kid you not, my wife and I would say, what are we doing? What are we doing? And we would get to this 700 square foot, one bedroom apartment where we would meet as a group. And in that tiny space, you guys, in the city that was called Godless and Lost and a war zone, 30 people would show up. 40 people would show up and they would sit on the floor and they'd stand in the hallway and they'd sit on the countertop just to hear and discuss Jesus. And they were curious and their hearts were open and lives were transformed and more groups came out of that group and it continued to grow. And I want to tell you guys that it doesn't mean it was easy. It doesn't mean there weren't hardships and hard things. But I will tell you that every night we left group and we carried our sleeping kids into the car. My wife and I would look at each other and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this gift to be a part of. It was beautiful. Seven years in, that church grew a lot. And in uh, the end of it, that seventh year, my wife and I sensed the change coming, and um, we began to pray again, God, where would, you, where would you send us? Where would we go? And we were sitting again at our dining table. For some reason, that seems to be where we do a lot of our praying. And we asked God, we'll go wherever you tell us to go. Where would you have us go? And as I was praying, I, I heard the Lord say, 
What about bend? And I turned to Noel, who was praying next to me, and I said, I know this is weird, but I feel like the Lord said, what about bend? And my wife shook her head and she said, okay, uh, where is that? I'm not joking, you guys. I know that Ben is hot right now, all right? And I know lots of people are making the move here, but I, I'm not joking with you. We don't hike. We didn't mountain bike. We didn't ski. Uh, we had no idea anything about this place. We had no friends here. We had no network here. We had no job prospect here. All it was is God planting this little seed of what about bend? We had all of our questions, moving our kids into a new city, a new state. We didn't know anybody, all these things, you guys. And the spirit of God said, come and see. Come and see what I will do. Come and see what we will build. And so I want to tell you, like in the midst of this and all the craziness that is going on and all the conflict, everything, I have faith and I'm hopeful that God is doing something in our city in this time right now that will live on for eternity. Right now, here in Bend, he's up to something. I could share story after story after story of God's provision and direction in this time. I didn't know Westside existed when we moved here. Here I am preaching on Sunday. This, you guys, is the story of God. It is him finding his people, connecting to us, inviting us, and then we carry that hope and faith into our community and we welcome others into it. Uh, it's the story of Abraham. It's the story of Moses. It's the story of God choosing David as king over Israel. It's the story of Jesus calling his disciples. It is the story of God. He goes and finds his people, encourages them. They take that encouragement into the world and it changes everything. And it's happening right now, even at Westside. I want to show you a picture of some amazing people. Do we have that picture? Maybe. Oh, look at that. This is Nick, Christina, and Aubrey. You may or may not know them, but they're on, uh, Christina and Nick are on staff. Aubrey is an intern here at Westside. And they have been compelled by this idea of community that the, the world is restored through relationship with Jesus and one another. They've been compelled. And they are living in the generation that is very uh, skeptical and moving away from the church. And so they have practiced the way of Jesus and they have moved out into the community. And they started, they said, we're just gonna go to Drake Park this summer. We're just gonna make space and we're gonna be consistent and make time and we're gonna be there and welcome whoever we meet in and get to know them. And they get to know us, good, bad, and ugly. And you guys, this last Thursday, I went out there. Suzanne was out there. Others, some, some others of you were there. And there were dozens and dozens of young people gathered eating pizza, playing music, playing volleyball, all together. And I can guarantee you 90% of those people may not even know this building exists. 
have not set foot on this campus. The campus has moved to them. The people of God have moved to them. This is why I have hope. And so this launch weekend, this Sunday, as we are starting all these new ways to connect, my question to you, brothers and sisters, if I could hold your little faces in my hands, I would say, what is one step, one step you can take to come and see what Jesus is doing here? One step toward relationship. One step toward being known by others. There's so many opportunities out here in the foyer. Uh, you can connect with new community groups that are launching for the very first time. You can find out about women's Bible study, two different men's Bible studies that are happening, marriage ministry, divorce support ministry, recovery ministry, all of it, you guys, to you in the room and listen to you online as well. Maybe you have never set foot in a church in a long time. That's okay. If you're here in Bend, you're invited here. This is your invitation. You're invited here. Maybe that's just the one step you can take. If you're in another city, find a church in your community. Take a step toward connecting in community. If you're here in the room, my friends, what is the step? What is one thing you will do to move towards community in Jesus here. Let's pray. Thank you, God, that you, by your grace, are so patient and so loving, and you are the Father that, that holds our face in your hands. And you just look at us, and you see your sons and daughters, you see their eyes, and God, you... You care and you instruct and you love us so well. And we just confess, God, the world is crazy right now. The world around us is crazy right now. So we set our hope on you, Jesus, to be the author, the creator, the cultivator, and the finisher of our faith. All of it rests on you. I pray for faith in my brothers and sisters um, to heed your invitation. Come and see. Come and see what you're up to. And as we do, God, would you change us and change the world around us for your glory and the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen.